in Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome, everybody, to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I am your co-host, Arthur Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Greetings, everyone. Greetings, Andy. Thanks for being here. Happy to, sh- Happy some to be shouting at you. you. Yeah, I love screaming into the mic. I love screaming. I'm a screamer, listeners. <laughs> if you're a screamer... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Andy comes from the land of the ice and snow, the midnight sun, and the hot springs grow? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hey, Andy, what the heck Boy, are you doing are, down that here? went over like a Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Jesus. Andy, what are we doing down here besides boy, making oh boy. the best music puns on the planet, bar none? <laughs> boy, oh boy, we got captured again. We got captured, and we're here to talk about a little topic. You might have heard of them. They're an emoji. Uh, yeah, it's this is an emoji. We're going to be talking about Moai statues and Easter Island more generally. That's right. Um, a lot of fun archaeological history with this one, don't you think? You know, I think that there's a lot of different angles here. There's oh yeah. There's well, uh, the statues have lots of different angles. Yeah, it's, they're <laughs> three dimensional things. Um, you. You've got uh, your your just regular like conventional science mysteries. Sure. You've got your alternative history and science mysteries. You do for sure. Uh, you've got aliens, aliens? extraterrestrials, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of lot of lot of uh, meat on this bone. A lot of meat on this bone. A lot of fun stuff to pick here, listeners. So if you want to skip right ahead to all that delicious slow roasted uh, research. Marinated perfectly with Just our delicious senses and spices of humor. Doing in its own juices. <laughs> oh, yes. You can uh, check out the timestamp for when the research begins in uh, in the episode show notes on whatever podcast app you choose. However you listen to it, it's there. However you listen to it. But first... Andy and I like to get nice and warmed up, just like, you know, how you, you got to sometimes uh, simmer a little, you got to, uh, you got to warm like to, up the utensils a little we bit. We like to sweat our onions here a little bit for your benefit, <laughs> you know, yeah, we start tar to, the skin, start to leach some of the moisture out. That's right. You, you know, got to wash the soften beans. Soften them a bit. We're both big beans and you got to wash yeah, us. You got to soak them. We're yeah. soaking our beans here for you. Uh, and we're going to do a little, a uh, little fun, little fun gimmick where we uh <laughs> we talk about uh how Mr. Bunker captured us 
this week because every week he's a wily guy and he finds a different way to bring us he's down out here. There, the wild man. You know, it's not to say that we wouldn't be talking about these fun topics ourselves, but I don't think we would be podcasting about them. If it would wasn't you for him. hear about it if it weren't for Mr. Bunker? That's right. Think about what you owe him, listeners. You'd have to bug Andy's car because <laughs> that's the only the time we talk about these. And things. there's plenty of bugs in there already. <laughs> Um, Andy, speaking of food, uh, I got a tale, I got a tale about how- Tale of an animal that you're eating? I got a tale of an animal that I was eating, a little oxtail. Ooh, okay. You ever had oxtail? I never have. Really? Yeah, isn't that surprising? Andy, you're a pretty adventurous eater, would you say? Yeah, I've never had, uh, let's talk about the parts of the cow I've never eaten. I've never eaten, uh, or the steer, uh, I've never eaten the oxtail. (laughs) <laughs> I've never eaten the shank. Never had asubuco. Uh, let's see. Never had um, tongue. Okay. You've had brain and other vital organs to the cow? Mm, let me think. Organ meat that I've had. I've definitely had testicles. Had those in Colorado. You had Rocky Mountain oysters? Yeah. Yeah. In Colorado. Really? Yeah. You went and got testicles. I went there just for that. <laughs> now, do you get them uh, fresh and raw, or were they prepared? Yeah, I had to chew them off the animal. Oh, good God. <laughs> no, they. yeah, I had a little uh, steered bull testicle ceviche. Now, that's how, you, that's how you do a real rodeo. Yeah. You, you take your... You take your Haunches and you clamp down on the uh, you the grab bull that testicle. you grab that bull by the hind legs and you just <laughs> <laughs> you let it right drag you around. If you can last for eight seconds, you're a champ. Yeah. Uh, how are those? Fine. Okay. I'm not. Uh, I'm not clamoring to have them again. You know, it's like what's the texture of that like? It's uh, chewy or stiff. It's it's um, you know, they're uncomfortable talking. They were fried, so it's uh, a little okay. bit. It's a little bit kind of like it's kind of like a spongy tissue, you know. But Ugh. like it's not it's not like I'm not talking like big air pockets, but you know I don't know. It just is. It's fine. Like a butterfinger? No, no, not like a butterfinger. Yeah. Well, I'm out. Um, you know, it's yeah. I only eat stuff that tastes like butterfinger. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ada, you're a pretty adventurous eater. Yeah. I gotta ask though, would you eat some slow roasted art meat? Uh, are you? Would you eat some slow roasted me? Are you soliciting me? (laughs) Is that what this is? No, Andy. We haven't gotten that far yet. We haven't been trapped down here that long. (laughs) Oh, would I eat human flesh? Oh, my God. It's an interesting question. You really are pondering this. Where do you draw the line? Um, I draw it. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't eat it because it's, because it's, it's wrong. Because, so, you know, it's weird. But what about other animals? Um, Where do you draw the line? Would you eat a dog? No. Why? I mean, I don't know. Maybe if it was prepared really nicely. Would you eat I'd, a horse? I don't think that like dog, horse, and other types of like that kind of gamey meat are eaten out of delicacy. If I'm wrong, I think they're always they're eaten kind of out of necessity because you that's know, what's around in Central America. It's not uncommon, or South America, it's not uncommon to eat uh, guinea pig. Yeah, I mean. People, lots of cultures eat bugs, and I'm mm-hmm. okay with eating bugs. Yeah. In fact, I've started eating uh, cricket protein uh, bars, and I, I want to yeah. get my hands on some powder. But uh, I still haven't gotten to eating actual full roasted crickets, though I would try them. 
Great source of iron and protein. But mm-hmm. Andy, um, would I eat your flesh? No, I would feel weird about it. Okay, thank you. But if it was an emergency, maybe. Well, Mr. Bunker didn't think the same, let me tell you. He ate part of your body? I, I mean, I don't know. Let's just say, Andy, that uh, I might need to go to the hospital after today's uh, capture. Uh, okay. Because I was out walking around, and I thought, you know, it's been, it's been fucking lovely here it's in Chicagoland. It's been warm. It's that kind of low, mid-70s, but there's a strong breeze. So even if you get hot walking around, that breeze is there to cool you Just off. Just lift your arms and let that breeze air out your pits. <laughs> That's right. Or like I do, I kind of splay my legs out really far and let it uh, cool down my uh, nether regions. Yeah, I, I usually sit down on a park bench and just starfish. <laughs> Let that breeze face forward, circulate. belly towards the thing like an actual starfish. Oh yeah, you got to put your butt up in because that's it gets sweaty back there too. <laughs> yeah, I got the swamp ass. So I was taking a little walk and I decided to go to a forest preserve and listen, Andy. Mm-hmm. I like to think you know I went through a bit of Boy Scouts, but I guess maybe I've forgotten some. Some of my training and I went off the path a little bit and, you know, maybe I saw like a little deer and I wanted to chase the deer or something. I don't know. Yay. Was this a hunting scenario? No, or just I just frolicking? was having frolicking fun okay. in the forest preserve and okay. I went off the path, which is the point I'm trying to make is you shouldn't do that. Mm. And so I go off the path and I'm starting to get lost. Yeah. And in the distance, I see what looks like a fire. And I think to myself, oh, good. There's probably some other campers out here. Maybe a. Was this at night? No, it was during the day. Uh, Maybe it was a. uh, You could see fire during the day. Sure. You could see smoke and fire during the day. I. Okay. Listen. Listen. Uh, You know what, Andy? This is my experience. This is what your experience is. No, it's fine. I I just. I suddenly had this feeling that maybe this was happening at night. (laughs) No, no, no. Okay. Uh, And so I think, okay, good. There's some other campers. There's someone who works for the Forest Preserve. Someone's out there. I'm going to go see what's up. Maybe they can get me back on the path so I can go home. And so I'm walking all of a sudden, Andy. I step in a pile of leaves and whoosh. I'm flipped upside down into the air. My oh, my no. ankle is trapped in a in some kind of snare. You've, you've got like a rope now yes. around. Oh, no. And I'm trapped upside down, hanging back and forth. Wouldn't you know it? That camper was none other than Mr. Bunker. Ugh. And he so, lured you with the two things he knew you couldn't and resist. And I just said, listen, listen, Mr. Bunker, we can talk about this. I will come peacefully. We can talk about this. And he just he just said nothing. He just had that look in his eyes that you've seen countless times now and I've seen countless times. And he just whacked me over the head with a branch. Oh, and I went out head cold. trauma. Yeah. And as I came to, I felt very uncomfortable because, well... Mr. Bunker had skewered me and he was roasting me over an open flame. <laughs> he put a he put a skewer through your body? I'm I don't know how. I don't know what happened. In which like lengthwise? Or? Oh yeah. The whole way I felt something deep down my throat and through my butt. And I was skewered and I was being, Was it one solid skewer? It, Andy, I don't know. I I was so dizzy from waking up for you know, I I didn't know if I was in some kind of dreamlike state. And I was being roasted. Over some fire. Why is he trying to cook you? He deep fried you alive last. I don't know. And I said, "This is a you know." I was so confused. I had an I had like a little apple in my mouth, and my feet were tied with little uh, those little uh, you know like when they roast turkeys and they put little hats over the bones where their legs are. 
Yeah. Yeah, he had those on my hands. You and they kept getting caught on fire. That spit like pierced your internal organs, undoubtedly. I mean, I'm I'm here now and I feel fine, but you've probably got massive hemorrhaging inside your body. I, who knows? I don't and I don't know why he felt the need to roast me like a fucking pig over some open coals. I don't know if he's trying to teach me a lesson. Was and then a little time he had a little chef hat on, and he was stirring a big pot of stew underneath me. And I was like, what are you doing? And he just didn't answer. And this the is l- like a Looney Tunes, a Mary Melodies cartoon. I know. And, and then the, a timer went off and he left me off the spit and I fell into the stew and then he carried me here. So all I say is don't eat any hot food down here today. Oh. Because it could be. It could have your my, my blood and my flesh shit in it. You know, I don't have any burn marks or anything. I feel fine, but. I don't know what happened to me. And I don't know the greater picture here if he's trying to teach us a lesson or if, you know, I did something wrong. I don't know what I did wrong because I'm usually pretty complacent, whereas you're very... Maybe he's trying to he's trying to punish me through your actions because you're always challenging him. Maybe No, he's, he's... Maybe he's trying to punish me by hurting you. Yeah, but he doesn't realize that you don't care. I don't have empathy. I, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> So anyway, that's how you got me this week, Andy. You know, Jesus, this is probably the most grisly, the thing most heinous, ever done. the most heinous for sure. I mean, hitting us in the head is pretty bad. Head but trauma is bad. He didn't really need to. He already had me. He didn't need to roast me but alive. Look, I wasn't winning a Nobel Prize anyway. I don't think it matters that much to me. But I mean, <laughs> you could have us. You're gonna have hospital bills from this, possibly. You know, who knows? I don't know what's going on in his head. Also, it's weird that he's he left you sitting in a pot of boiling water on the trip here, and then he's going to eat that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is weird. Yeah, this is weird. <laughs> he's got some, I don't know, bizarre yeah. art-eating fetish. Yeah, I mean, there's something going on here for sure. Yeah. But... Boy, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait to find out. We're going to have to talk about it. Yeah. We're going to have to talk to him about it. Yeah. Because yeah. if this has to continue, there's just... I mean, the other stuff was criminal. Sure. But he could have murdered you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Andy, I could have been dead. It seems like he was trying to murder you. Well, he didn't finish cooking me. He was slow roasting me, so it was a low heat. It was a small fire? Yeah, it was a small fire. I mean, it was a low heat, but I could still feel it. Sure. He skewered me, put an apple in my mouth. Yeah. Apple was good. He let you eat the apple? It was a Honeycrisp. <laughs> he let you eat the apple? Yeah. All these freaking times he's like taking food out of my mouth. <laughs> Meanwhile, you get to eat an apple and I'm going to have to eat it. Well, there's a time he gave you bad clams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that gave me diarrhea. <laughs> well, I don't know, Andy. Something weird. He's in a mood this week. Yeah. Can't I mean, explain it. I um uh I mean I I'm just glad you wouldn't eat my flesh so you wouldn't join in. I uh I had a much tamer. I, I mean, yeah, I don't okay. he's in a mood f- with you, but he's in he's fine with me. Well, I'm glad you guys are fixed. <laughs> your relationship. Oh, oh, yeah. Not your bodies. I was I was fixed by nature. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, 
It's a wild story, Art. Yeah, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Well, I suppose the only thing I can do is tell you how I got here this Oh, week. yes. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear how um, tame this really is. Well, I can only imagine that... Um, I can only imagine when, when that day comes, comes will I, I walk gently by your side. Uh, save your hands. <laughs> save your hands. <laughs> Christian Rock. <laughs> make you sing Christian Rock? <laughs> yep, that was it. Contemporary Christian Rock and music. And I went willingly like the Pied Piper. <laughs> Um, no, this morning, um, I decided to treat myself okay. and go on an architectural boat cruise, uh, as I usually do on, can I say real quick that the Chicago architecture boat cruise is fantastic. There's a lot of, if you're going to, if you're going to come to Chicago and as a tourist, go on the architecture boat cruise. It's really fun. This is a great time of year to do it. The river's beautiful. Oh yeah. Uh, the the architecture is stunning. It's a fun tour. And you learn a lot. You learn a lot. the city where you live or that you're visiting. That's and right. And I decide, you know what? I'm going to uh, do as I normally do on the weekends, eschew my family <laughs> and go do something for Shirk me. Shirk all responsibility and, uh, and treat yourself. Yeah. And so I <laughs> decide to go to the architectural boat cruise. Sure. And I'm on this boat and boy, oh boy, I thought, you know- it's probably it's this time of year. There's probably lots of tourists, but you know what? Nobody else on this boat. Uh, and I was like, "Wow!" I'm like, you know, early in the morning though, I probably made a good choice. Yeah. Um, coming here, the first available yeah you know, ticket that I could get. Um, and so I'm thinking, you know what? This is gonna be great. I'm gonna get a personalized tour. Um, so the boat. The boat takes off. Um, the tour guide hasn't uh, come out yet, but, you know, there's, like, instructions coming sure. over the PA in the boat. And we start going down um, the river, and there's facts are being told. Uh, seeing a lot of great things. You're seeing the opera house. You're I'm seeing the uh, carbon uh, – what's the carbon – the carbine building? Yeah, the carbine building. I'm I'm uh, I'm hearing about row. I'm hearing about how oh this is all land. <laughs> yeah. Chicago was built on a stinky onion swamp. That's, yeah, and they had to <laughs> dig holes and fill the dirt in to make more land. The name Chicago from the uh, Native American language literally means uh like doesn't it mean like stinky swamp? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like or... shitty stinky swamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And not uh, when you're passing the Hershey chocolate building, let me tell you. <laughs> is it Hershey's or is it just the chocolate? And it smells it's a building made of chocolate. <laughs> uh and it is delightful. Oh yeah. And so you're having a great time. Having a great time. You know, the cruise keeps going. Uh the boat um starts to leave the loop area. Okay. And I'm like, hmm. It's this, odd. I've, I've done a tour like this before. This is unusual. Okay. Um, so it goes out into uh, Lake Michigan and gradually the city starts to fade. Yeah. Uh-oh. Like, hmm. Okay. I, but maybe you're going to go out to one of those lighthouses that are yeah, out in the distance. The facts are all about the, the locks and, you know, the how they work the you're still on board how they manage the lakeshore maybe this is something they're doing to the tour yeah, to like, like attract you know, new it's less architectural sure. but it's you know whatever it's, okay it's a chicago thing 
uh, then gradually that all uh, starts to fade too. And then the tour guide appears and it's Bunker. Oh my God. And <laughs> then all the power goes off on the boat. Well, that's not good. <laughs> and, and he just like gets one of those great big long poles and like a river <laughs> like barge. A gondola? Yeah. And just starts shoving this down uh, a tributary. <laughs> and we sailed all the way here. <laughs> You got a lovely gondola tour, and I got roasted like a fucking pig. Yeah, I I mean, there were no refreshments on the boat, but, <laughs> which is kind of a- Oh, annoying, fuck you. <laughs> overpriced refreshments. I mean, I, just a bottle of water, please? <laughs> you got a lovely fucking boat cruise. He didn't even abuse me. <laughs> like, I suffered no head trauma this week. Wow. What the fuck? It was not, I mean, as far as abductions go. You know, Andy, I think I just realized why he captured us in the way that he did this week. Uh, why? What do you think? Here's the thing. I got roasted over a skewer like a... Uh, <gasps> like a pig! Like a pig or some other kind of meat you would have to do. And you took a boat, which relates heavily to how the native uh, people of Easter Island... Uh, would have to have survived and traveled to uh, the island, which is related to today's topic. You think it's a theme? It could have been a theme. Wow. That's a... The Rapa Nui people, as we'll discuss, had to travel by boat and had to survive on the, what was, you know, termed by other, by the Europeans as Easter Island, but according to them, is just called Rapa Nui. Um, but you know, that could be the connection that we're looking for. Maybe he thinks that you're mean to me and he's roasting <laughs> you like a pig. No, I don't think that's it at all. Constantly calling me a pig. No, 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 no. I don't think that's it at all. I called you a pig once and you've brought it up yourself. <laughs> Probably. Um, you bring it up on yourself. At least four times more than you. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? You call a guy a pig once and you just never fucking hear the end of it. Call a man a pig and he'll bring it up a whole bunch of times. <laughs> Teach a man to be a pig. <laughs> and then you can eat him. Yeah. Well, listeners, uh, why don't we... I bet the listeners are hungry to eat too, Andy. For Listeners, some... you getting the rumblies in your tumblies? Getting some rumblies and you ready for that whole enchilada that Ooh, Andy and I are going to deliver to you. Ooh, baby. It's a good one. And so uh, let's not delay any further. Let's set out the placemats. Easter egg and chocolate. Oh, you're, you're ready for it. <laughs> Go find those eggs. We hit them real good. Oh, yeah. You'll never find them. <laughs> You'll never find our eggs. You'll never get our lucky charms. <laughs> They're magically delicious. Oh, these kids are trying to touch me lucky charms. <laughs> Shout out to all our Irish listeners. <laughs> We're sorry. We apologize in advance. Oh, faith in Bagora. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, listeners, here is Easter Island. Today we're 
are talking about one small island in the vast Pacific Ocean. It's an island that has captivated researchers who are drawn to its enigmatic history. As you know, as I know, as the listeners know, which I guess makes this whole coy setup kind of a sham, (laughs) if I'm being honest, today our topic is Easter Island. That's right. Art listeners, Easter Island is a fairly remote island in the Pacific, somewhat famously known for its large monolithic statues called Moai. Art, as someone who is also famous for a gigantic head, by which I mean your runaway ego, okay. what are your initial thoughts on Easter Island? <laughs> um, You know, Andy, I think my verdict on today's topic is going to, well, it's going to shock a lot of people. Oh. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, compared to some of my past verdicts, I think you're going to see some... Uh, a uh, very similar uh, line of thought. Mm, I'm going to okay. be honest. Um, you know, I read through the research and I was sort of like, meh. Oh, I didn't. Wow. Uh, I didn't see. You know, I think uh, not that it's not not a, that it's boring. I just think that it's pretty cut and dry, mm, in my okay. opinion. I think that these uh, the Moai are very cool. They're really neat. Uh, it's crazy that. Ancient peoples would, there's like 900 of them, which I didn't know. It's a lot of them. There's a fucking lot of them. <laughs> there we'll, are, we'll talk about this. There listeners. are all over that island, and it's both incredible and mind-boggling that um, just that these ancient peoples would just carve, you know, carve these statues all day long. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, they're they're really, they're well done, and um, a lot of interesting uh, archaeology yeah so yeah. that's what i think okay well let's say uh those are some good first impressions thank you our <laughs> listeners also you prepare to have your minds boggled boggle boggle um as we dig in here so art let me give you the real story okay easter island forms one of the corners of the polynesian triangle a large area of the Pacific with over 1,000 islands. Wow. Which is home to the Polynesian people. Easter Island got the name Easter Island from the Dutch explorer Jacob Roggeveen, who made first European contact with the island on April 5th, 1722, Easter Sunday. The native inhabitants of Easter Island, the Rapa Nui people, call the island Rapa Nui. And so shall we henceforth... And already did before. Um, but anyway, <laughs> by the way, in the native language called Rapa Nui, Rapa Nui means big Rapa. Like Parappa the Rapa? <laughs> I like it when you call me big Rapa. <laughs> These days, Rapa Nui is a part of Chile. The Chileans call it Isla de Pascua. So, Andy, you're telling me that the mystery of this island is all about uh, what we should call it. No, Art, (laughs) just call it Rapa Nui. Okay, I will. The mystery is all about the Rapa Nui people. Okay. How'd they get there? Where'd they come from? How'd they build all them dang statues? (laughs) And why? Well, Andy, uh, I don't want to brag, but I've watched apes have sex, so I'm basically an archaeologist at this point. Uh, Let me try to answer some of your... So eloquently put questions. Thank you. The Rapa Nui have been the subject of considerable debate among researchers. The The current prevailing scientific opinion is that the Rapa Nui 
uh, island was inhabited by Polynesian people beginning as late as 1200 CE. This date is based on uh, modern radiocarbon dating techniques, and other estimates of the inhabitation range from uh, 300 CE to the aforementioned 1200 CE. So we're working on a bit of a timeline here. I mean, we got some range. It's a big range, yeah. Basically, the jury is still out about exactly when people began to inhabit Rapa Nui. Rapa Nui oral traditions, uh, you know, Andy, by which I mean traditional stories of the Rapa Nui people passed down by word of mouth, not an old-fashioned blowjob. Oh. A common, oh. common mix-up. Uh, they, they tell of a chief named Hotu Matue who... Uh, who sailed two canoes to the island with his wife and his family. Mm. It's worth mentioning just how remote Rapa Nui is. The island's nearest inhabited neighbor is Chile's Juan Fernandez Islands, which are 1,150 miles away. I don't know how many that is in kilometers. Figure it out yourself. (laughs) (laughs) This is Mr. Bunker's conspiracy time podcast, not Mr. Bunker's math yeah. Conversion podcast. <laughs> the coast of Chile itself is 2,180 miles away. Polynesian people, though, were known to be exceptional navigators, sailing to colonize a wide area of the Pacific. So there may have been some truth to this legend, despite the remoteness of the island. Polynesians, by the way, are a subset of the Austronesian peoples, which is a large a large uh, ethno-linguistic group of peoples in Oceania, Southeast Asia, Madagascar, and Taiwan who who speak Austronesian languages. Austronesians were the first humans to invent ocean-going sailing technology, hmm. which came in quite handy in Polynesia and in this story, Andy. Yeah. Uh, Matue uh, allegedly hailed from an island called Hiva in the Marquesas. Uh, which is a group of islands in the South Pacific, now part of French Polynesia. The legend says that Hotu Matue uh, was told about the island by his tattooist, who flew to Rapa Nui in a dream and described its location in detail. Ooh. So uh, a lot of skills on that guy. Yeah, that guy had <laughs> a lot of different professions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> According to tradition, Hotu Matue and crew sailed for two months and landed on the island right where the tattooist said it would be. The Rapa Nui uh, say that Hotu Matue set up a government ruled by kings who enjoyed absolute dominion over the island. Hotu Matue was the first king, naturally. Of course. You know. Uh, the society ruled over by these kings was responsible for the construction of the massive statue on massive statues on the island called the Moai. Scientists believe that the most Active Moai construction was between 1250 CE and 1500 CE. Moai are supposed to represent the Rapa Nui ancestors and were important status symbols for the chiefs who commissioned their construction. Most of the Moai are carved from volcanic rock called tuff. Or tuff. 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 A reddish stone called sakurai, uh or Sicoria, Scoria, Scoria, was eventually used in the later age of Moai building to create Pukau, which represented hair in a top knot. Very fashionable statues. Uh, it is believed that the Pukau, uh, or Pukau, 
sorry, uh, were added to the Moai to enhance their stature, to honor the person that the Moai represents. So, there you go, Andy. I answered all your questions, and we can go home. (laughs) Okay, well, Art, uh, that certainly was a lot of good information. Thank you. Uh, But did you really answer all of my questions? What are you talking about, Andy? Now, look, I don't want to seem dickish here. I don't want it to look like I'm just being contrarian just to be contrarian, even though I do that all the time. That's your M.O. I do think, though, that we owe the listeners some information on alternatives to the mainstream opinions about Rapa Nui. So let's dive a little deeper. The first question I asked you, Art, was how did people get to Rapa Nui? Okay, so there's pretty much only one way, and that's by boat. (laughs) One mystery solved. (laughs) The next question I asked you was where did these people come from? As you say, the prevailing archaeological answer today is that the people came from Polynesia. Is it possible, however, that the settlers of Rapa Nui came from South America? Well, (sighs) conventional wisdom, along with lots of evidence, suggests that Polynesia was settled from west to east. So the fact that Polynesians settled on Rapa Nui suggests that no, the settlers did not come from South America. Okay. Okay. But let's consider the evidence. First. The stonework. While the Moai statues are consistent with other statue building in parts of Polynesia, there is at least one example of stonework on the island that seems to be out of place. At a place called Vinapu, the islanders constructed an ahu. Ahus are the platforms on which the Moai rest. The ahu at Vinapu is constructed on of large basalt blocks. Uh, the ahu reminded researcher Thor Heyerdahl of similar stonework that he'd seen in South America. Heyerdahl became famous, by the way, for his Contiki expedition in which he sailed a handmade raft 5,000 miles from the coast of Peru to French Polynesia. Thor's hypothesis is based on megalithic works at a site in modern-day Bolivia called Tiwanaku. Uh, The similarity between the works at Tiwanaku and at Vinapu are quite evident. Heyerdahl suggests that there is an Incan legend of a god named Viracocha, who was head of a group of mythical men who built Tiwanaku. Viracocha and his men were eventually attacked and fled west to the coast, finally taking to the waters uh, and never being seen again. In Heyerdahl's telling, Viracocha and his gang of merry builders sailed on, colonizing and building on many Polynesian locations, including Hawaii, New Zealand, Tahiti, Samoa, and of course, Rapa Nui. Researcher Brian Forrester sees the Vinapu Ahu as evidence of lost ancient technology. He believes the Vinapu Ahu, as well as Moai carved from basalt, are older than the Moai and Ahus carved from volcanic tuff. Forrester claims that the tools utilized by the Rapa Nui are insufficient for cutting basalt, which is a fairly hard rock. He argues that the ability to work in basalt has been lost to the more modern Polynesian inhabitants, but was possessed by ancient peoples on the island who were likely the same as or related to the builders of Tiwanaku. Tiwanaku is certainly a mystery, Andy, and who knows? Maybe one day Mr. Bunker will see it fit for us to investigate further. But for now, we got to keep talking about the Rapa Nui. (laughs) So as for the Rapa Nui... There's really no proof that the basalt stoneworks are older than the volcanic tuff stoneworks. And while it's an interesting similarity, it's possible that the Rapa Nui had contact with South American people and learned more advanced stoneworking techniques from them. Perhaps the Rapa Nui increased their stonework skills naturally. I mean, 
After all, they carved more than 900 moai. I'd say that's like an expert level. You okay. would hope after all that time. You'd think you'd figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's fair. Uh, but Art, let's not forget to eat our vegetables. Oh, man. Do I have to? Vegetables, such as the humble sweet potato, which I just think is neat. <laughs> the sweet potato originated in South America and was a staple in Polynesian diets, even before European contact. Is that a Simpsons reference? What, that a potato is neat? Yeah. Yes. Does Marge say that? Yes. Okay, yeah, I think... I, anyway. Well, recent evidence, Sandy, indicates that the sweet potatoes enjoyed by Polynesian people diverged genetically from South American sweet potatoes before Polynesia was even inhabited. So the prevailing opinion is that natural long-distance dispersal explains the reach of the sweet potato. Not that this eliminates the possibility of any type of contact between Polynesian people and American people, <laughs> South American people. It certainly does not. Uh, how about genetics, Art? Okay. While genetic testing shows that Polynesian DNA, including that held by the Rapa Nui, is more closely related to the people of Southeast Asia than people from South America, recent testing of modern-day Rapa Nui people indicates a South American DNA signature dating back to about the time Rapa Nui was colonized. Also, ancient skulls found in Brazil were found to have only Polynesian DNA, 100%. There is also some disputed evidence of pre-Columbian chicken bones found in South America, which might indicate that Polynesians introduced chickens to the Americas. Well, Andy, given all that evidence, maybe it's possible that Polynesian people sailed to South America Made some contact and uh, maybe made a little bit of other stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sex. Yeah. And you then sailed to Rapa Nui and colonized it. Oh. The next question you asked me was, and I quote Andy, How'd they build all them dang statues? That is me, Andy Hort. If you <laughs> built a Moa, you might be a Rapa Nui. <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy, everyone. <laughs> I think that we've already kind of discussed there's some speculation around this topic, but nothing that was impossible, you know, based on known abilities of Polynesian people of the time. In fact, in uh, in Thor Heyerdahl's book, Aku Aku, The Secret of Eastern Island, uh, what did I say? Eastern Island? Easter Island, sorry. <laughs> Modern day Rapa Nui demonstrate how to carve a Moai using the tools and techniques of their ancestors. Uh, one topic that's certainly been hotly debated, though, is how the Rapa Nui moved the statues around the island. I mean, these things are fucking huge. Yeah, and this has been very sexily debated by <laughs> any number of archaeologists. Yeah. Uh, uh, in, in his book, uh, Chariots of the Gods, researcher Erica von Daniken suggests that Rapa Nui didn't support a population of sufficient scale to undertake the carving and moving of these enormous statues, let alone producing them on the scale seen on Rapa Nui. The implication in the book is that extraterrestrial intervention, either directly or indirectly through now lost advanced technology, can help explain this. Von Daniken suggests that Rapa Nui could only support a population of about 2,000 people total. That combined with a lack of trees makes for an environment where moving monolithic statues is maybe impossible without some additional unknown element. Andy, it's worth mentioning that Von Daniken's book was first published in 1968, well before some more recent information was known about the Rapa Nui. 
While it's true that when Europeans arrived, Rapa Nui had a relatively small population and the island was treeless, that wasn't always the case. In fact, more modern estimates put the upper limits of the population on Rapa Nui closer to 20,000. Oh. Uh, the island was also uh, used to be covered in palm trees. There's strong evidence, though, that the Rapa Nui either directly or inadvertently brought about the end of the palm forest on Rapa Nui, which caused a decline in population numbers. When the Rapa Nui settled on Rapa Nui, <laughs> they, uh, they introduced a lot of new things into the environment, including the Polynesian rat. The dance? No, Andy, not the dance. Oh, the animal. The animal. These rats, much like me, Andy, fuck early and often and get the job done in terms of offspring. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I got a lot of babies out there. Your children. (laughs) (laughs) In an environment like Rapa Nui, these rats faced no natural predators. So the rats were free to multiply like crazy. Just like you. Just like me. No natural predators. (laughs) The Rapa Nui themselves weren't helping matters by cutting down globs and gobs of palm trees for all kinds of purposes, including plain old-fashioned deforestation of for agricultural purposes. Aww. Aww. Ancient people just like us. Just like us. Seems like some things never change. <laughs> and that's relevant now more than ever. The Amazon's burning. <laughs> that's right. The rats love to eat the seeds of the trees, which prevented any chance at reforestation. It's believed that these factors led, at least in part, to the decline in Rapa Nui population, which was observed by Europeans. Speaking of Europeans, they also killed a lot of Rapa Nui with disease and a thriving slave trade. Wow, so unlike Europeans yeah, to do stuff like that. So unlike them. As for moving the statues themselves, a number of teams, including one led by Thor Heyerdahl, um, have successfully moved Moai on Rapa Nui using ancient techniques and teams of people that could have uh, even even from... And teams of people that could have even come even from the small number of inhabitants suggested by Eric von Daniken. I don't know why I have so many so much trouble. I think what you're trying to say, Art, is that they've moved these statues even with a number of people that would have been yes within the population, even the tiny number that Eric von Daniken. They used a small number of people, and they could right. still do it. Yeah, moving the statues. Yeah. That is yeah. okay. Makes sense. Art, my last question to you was a simple. Why? Why go to all this trouble and mobilize an entire society to engage in the construction of giant statues? As you say, Art, the Moai were ostensibly created to honor the ancestors of the Rapa Nui. There are those who think, though, that statues like these were constructed to represent extraterrestrials who visited the Rapa Nui in the ancient past and provided them with this now lost technology or advanced their civilization. Perhaps the Moai were constructed to entice them to return. I know we're far out on this one, but does mainstream science have a better answer? After all, Rapa Nui quarried volcanic tuff in one key location on the island, then moved the Moai to all their various resting places. The scoria used for the Pukau was quarried from a completely different location. Well, uh, archaeologist Carl Lipo has uh, recently proposed that the locations of the Ahus and therefore the Moai may relate to sources of fresh water on Rapa Nui. Perhaps the immense work that went into the Moai was a culmination Mm. of a few different needs in the Rapa Nui society. A patriarchal, excuse me, a (laughs) practical 
element of I'm having trouble today, listeners. Oh Let me tell so you. So unusual for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm all tongue tied. A practical element of highlighting sources of fresh water. They could have represented a spiritual element in honoring of ancestors or an industry uh, element in the production of such huge works and a community element in the cooperation required to complete such tasks. Maybe the real answer here, Andy, is that we don't give ancient people enough credit in their ingenuity. Mm. Well, Art, one thing is definitely for certain. Rapa Nui is a place of mystery and a place that is being continually investigated by researchers from all swaths of life. Even with modern technology and recent discoveries, Rapa Nui retains its mystique. Will we ever be able to definitively answer any of the questions posed here today? All we can hope is that the Moai someday come to life and share with us all the juicy secrets of Rapa Nui. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey, listeners, this is Andy. Hey, this is Art. Hey, we're coming at you right now. Not to advertise. No. Just to tell you thank you. We're so glad that you're here. We're so happy that you're listening. Uh, every listen, every download, it really means a lot to us because uh, we want to make the best podcast for you. Take a moment. Let people know what you think. Share this with your friends. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you, listeners. And you know what? We don't want to take up any more of your time, so let's get back to the show. Okay. Hey, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, listeners. Oh, boy. We were just having a laugh here. We were having a laugh. Uh, uh, listeners, welcome back. That was our research of Easter Island, a.k.a. Rapa Nui. Andy, you oh. got a head as big as those Moai. <laughs> Gonna roll you down a hill and set you up on an ahu. Ahu! <laughs> hey, uh, now. <laughs> hey, now. Um, Andy, let's get some basic thoughts here. Because let okay. me tell you, mm, wow. don't look for a crazy verdict for me, but I'm not <laughs> impressed. <laughs> Whoa. With what? The statue building? No, I just think that this is a pretty cut and dry one. Wow. To me personally, I think this is pretty cut and dry. There's so not a gonna lot. So you're going to come here and you're going to tell me that you're Mr. Mainstream Science on this? Uh, might be. All right. But let's... Okay. But for the sake of uh, discussion and for the sake of having a podcast... You know what I want to talk about first? Uh, let's talk about why... The dingo? There's... <laughs> Did it eat your baby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about why uh, there's so many alternative history uh, suggestions in this one. Because I think, right. I think there's some contributing factors. Well, I, I think I can, can think of one one contributing factor. What? A little smooch. A little scooch. <laughs> a little scooch of racism. Uh, well, okay. Little, uh, doing a little racism. All right, all right. We're going to get to the racism <laughs> yeah, in time. Just a little bit. We're going to get to the racism in time. The racism. We're going to definitely get to the racism. Just a scooch. But let's talk about 
let's let's go back to the beginning though. Sure. Let's talk about Easter Island itself. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. a very remote island. Kind of a sh- you know like. Not a place you really want to settle down. So there's some key questions, right? When you say it's a piece of volcanic rock, it's it's there's like three dormant volcanoes there. It's just like it's it's just a big. It's it's not even that big. Things couldn't really grow there. Like Uh, they they had. Well, then they also bring over like they tried to bring over other animals, and they just like were like not fucking gutting it. And only chickens really could fucking chickens and the rats could. uh, survive around there uh, yeah i mean but uh i think there's a lot of factors at play there obviously human intervention changed things dramatically sure but it's very it's such a remote place yeah like i mean you've got to consider that you got to live off the land there couldn't be huge populations of anything because it's not a it's not a giant island and you know there's a there's a finite limit to the resources that it's going to be able to support sure um but uh, you know one thing that i i want to I want to say is that we know that it was inhabited by people. Obviously there's some disagreement even amongst um, mainstream scientists about when exactly huge people day began. Range. Yeah. I mean, we're talking uh, uh, people, people claim to have found Thor hired says he found, um, you know, pieces of like burnt ash or, you know, like charcoal from bongs in a, <laughs> yeah. From, Freaking huge ass bongs. That's what the Moai really were. And then they've. They're just fucking bongs. And they ripped them hard. They ripped them hard. That's why they tore down all those palm trees was for (laughs) lighting those bongs. Yeah, lighting up doobies. But he claims to have found like a piece of charcoal in a fireplace that was dated, you know, at the time. This is like in the 60s or 50s or somewhere in there uh, to 400 CE. So. There's a there's a wide there's there's variance even in like people who are doing at least some modicum of scientific testing yeah. on this stuff. But um, the real question I think is no matter what, uh, how did people know it was there? I mean, when you think about it, think about where think about where I've it looked is. at. It. I spent a lot of time looking at Google Maps. Like a weird amount of time okay. being like, oh. <laughs> but like you start looking around there. And you're like, okay, there's French Polynesia, and it's kind of near you know New Zealand, and it's uh, and there's like a bunch of other, there's like a fuck ton of little islands all over the place. Yeah, there's a lot of little islands. I mean, the Pitcairn Islands are like nearby. Um, the Adams Town Fernandez Islands are are nearby. And when I say nearby, it's like inside of two thousand miles. Yes, which is nearby to East Island, but that's as close as stuff gets. <sighs> that being said, uh, I can see like I'm no sailor. I'm no seaman, Andy. I'm for sure no seaman. <laughs> Says that on my medical records. Uh, hello, welcome uh, to the to the restaurant. Would you like uh, seaman or no seaman seating area? Uh, I'll sit in the seaman area. No seaman. No seaman for me. I'm no seaman. <laughs> I'll sit in the seaman area. <laughs> Just like a smoking section, it smells funny and everything's got a yellow tint to it. <laughs> oh, no, Andy. You got to get that checked out. <laughs> I'm no sailor, though. Okay. Okay. I don't fucking know the first thing about motherfucking boats. Right. I don't know how to read the stars. I don't know what currents are. You don't know how to read anything. I can barely read English. <laughs> um, I I am. I'm a bad reader. It takes me a long time to read, and it puts me to sleep. That's, What's wrong with me? That's why he only looks at maps. Yeah, I love looking at maps. <laughs> you know, I can see those shapes, and I get that. But 
<laughs> you gotta tell me to read the names? Fuck no. Forget that. Forget that. Fuck that shit. I'm no sailor. I don't know how to do any of this shit. I don't know how to build a boat. Yeah. These people were experts at it. Mm-hmm. We know that. Mm-hmm. Polynesian people, that is that is like the part that is the part of their so ingrained in their society and their history, you know? Um the, the biggest part about the uh that Moana film, which is, you know, kind of represented by a it sort of represents a lot of Polynesian culture that that film was meant to represent. Um, did you see Moana? I haven't seen Moana. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of movies, so yeah. don't. I mean, I mean, it's like a kids' film. Listeners, so. don't don't take that in in any way. I didn't specifically not watch it, but like a big part of the story of Moana is actually the story. Kind of, it relates to the story of Easter Island. It's like they there's this, you know, she has to like go sail on this big adventure and like go find this. This this island and um, you know their whole like they were just really fucking good at sailing and these ships that they could build were fucking huge. Mm-hmm. These weren't like little fucking dinky ass little fucking bitch ass rafts, you know? Right. These were like fucking ships, man. Yeah. These motherfuckers like they just uh, I don't know how they did it, but they the maybe the it's just the wood like the combination of like. They needed to get fish because fish was abundant. They were on an island. The wood that they were working with maybe is like super good for building ships. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Have the, a fucking uh, scientist tell me that. Yeah, I don't know the uh, the ins and outs, but all we know. Wait, go ahead. No, no, no. I continue. I'm just making hand gestures. Okay, okay. Just gesture while I speak. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just gesturing. This is how Italian you are. You have to make hand gestures while other people talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Austronesian people apparently invented. Were the well, you know, were the first humans to right. be able to set sail on the oceans, which is like a stunning development. So, oh, yeah. you know, when you think about this historically, by the time that people would have been coming to uh, to uh, Rapa Nui, they would have had a lot of time to refine these skills. Oh, I mean, yeah. The Polynesians, uh, apparently a lot of this uh, this um, this knowledge of how to navigate the ocean has been lost as Polynesian people have have had less reason to use it. Right. Because as the, the culture has changed, uh, a lot of that has been, this technology has been lost. It's like, uh, yeah. Because it was it was sort of a, like, it was like a master apprentice kind of a thing. Like, you were a master yeah. sailor. You were the ship's captain. And then you taught an apprentice how to, how to like, navigate by the stars at night like they how to like look were, at the fish yeah they they look at the fish they look at the currents the of currents. the water so they can identify where there's the wind land. yeah based on all this stuff birds yeah yeah birds i think were a big birds part were probably too. a huge one yeah. birds know where to go yeah regardless there was even some speculation that they might have brought like specific types of birds yeah like little pigeons with them. you know birds that will only go to land that they won't they won't keep flying in the water so it would come back to the boat if there was no land nearby. Mm. So they could have gotten within range of Rapa Nui. A bird flies out and then they're like, oh, oh. And who's to say that they didn't have little scouting ships and all sorts of other different. Here's the thing. We're not sailors. Okay? We're not sailors. That's what we're trying to get across. I can see how the how they would make it from French Polynesia to either this island, there's tons of little islands that they could have stopped at. Who, You know, we have such a wide range of when they fucking arrive that mm-hmm. who knows if they fucking, like, sent out a scouting team that arrived there in, like, 900 or whatever, 400 mm-hmm. CE or whatever the fuck the first date was. 
And then like, you know, they people like waited like, oh, well, you know, we sent that scouting team out like 100 years ago and they never came back. Oh, this was like a competent Roanoke situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's send another team out to go find them. And then it's like they just start understanding where all the little islands are as like little rest stops well, along the way. And they, they eventually or or they miss it completely and they go to Chile and they're in Chile first and they're fucking hanging around Chile and they're. You know, everyone's hanging out, having a good time. They, you know, the Polynesian, ancient Polynesian peoples are starting to have sex with some of the ancient South America peoples. Everything's getting groovy. Everything's getting cool. They're like, hey, we brought rats. And like, hey, we got chickens. And then they're like, yo, you want some. They would have had both the rats and the chickens. We got rats and chickens. Yeah. And we're horny. Just just keep in mind, chickens, not native to the Americas, pre-Columbian. Right. right. Uh my mistake. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the Chileans would have had. They would have been like, oh, here's some more advanced stone carving techniques. And they're like, cool, you want to fucking trade? And hey, then we got alpacas. Yeah, alpacas, watch out, they spit. <laughs> and then, Let's and then, touch them, they're soft. Such soft fur. To all our alpaca listeners out there, <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. Would you eat an alpaca? Probably. Alpaca meatballs? Maybe. I'll pack a few of those in my mouth. Oh Christ! God <laughs> fucking damn it! Anyway, I could see the ancient uh, South American peoples being like, "Hey, there's this volcanic island, by the way, out there. You guys might be interested in." There seems to be some evidence that people in, like, say, Chile or Peru or Bolivia, somewhere that's you know in that more western part of South America that they did know about Rapa Nui. Right, because it's closer to that coast than it is to French Polynesia or it's. I, New I mean, it doesn't seem necessarily, there's no evidence that South Americans colonized it. Right. But there's evidence maybe that they knew about it. And, and you know, it's like it's all sort of through um, traditional stories and things. Right, and, and you know, maybe they, they land in Chile and they're like, Hanging out a bit. Everyone's having sex. Everyone's having a good time. They're trading. Some of the Polynesians go off into Brazil and be like, what the fuck's going on here? You know, and then maybe somewhere along the line, one of them is like, yo, should we go find that island that your fucking tattooist was thinking about? Like that one that they dreamed about? <laughs> or maybe like one of the Chileans is like, yeah, there's this island out here. And then some dude's like, holy shit, bro. That was the island that my tattoo artist was talking about. He is fucking rad as hell. Yeah. He can astral project himself across the planet. We got to go check out that island. <laughs> and then they take a bunch of people and they go check it out. Yeah. Because I think it's also interesting that, you know, uh, we didn't really, we didn't really mention this in the script, but uh, the, the, there are, there are seven Moai statue that face outwards. They don't face inwards. Right. Yeah. They're 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 It's like the, the central point of the island in right. terms of the I'll say the, the 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 Polynesian government and like this is the spiritual center sure uh, most of the Moai you know face are along the coast yeah and face back in and these Moai are in the middle of the island and face outward they are supposed to represent like seven different races right that's right. in the Hotu Matua allegedly Pantheon. brought 
seven races of people with him, which became the seven tribes of Rapa Nui. So there's like seven tribes. There's seven different tribes of Rapa Nui kind of living on this island, right? And right. who's to say that like, you know, you got seven different tribes. Like who's to say that some of them didn't branch off and then like go back to Chile or who's to say some didn't go do something else, their own thing. And like, we didn't even talk about all the kind of like infighting that there was and the cannibalism, the wars that happened after the, all the resources left. There's a lot of speculation about that. There is? Yeah. Uh, it's It's been sort of the prevailing opinion of mainstream science that yeah. in when when the palm tree forests were all gone, um, that people were left without materials to build canoes and you know get off the island and it hmm. hampered their their lifestyles in terms of you know fishing and that sure. type of thing because they couldn't they couldn't build boats anymore oh without trees you're fucked and so there's this speculation that um because of all this uh competition for resources got really high and there was a lot of warfare between the people and they found they found archaeological of, digs found like what is it obsidian? Uh, yeah, they found a lot of arrowheads. They found a lot of what they call arrowheads, but spear tips. That's not totally. Um, people don't don't necessarily think all the way around that those were weapons mm. because of the, the way that they're shaped, that they're less they're less sharp, they're less like pointed. Uh, but some other researchers say that. No, they definitely were used as weapons because they find marks in people's skulls and stuff that align to these right these stone these stone leavings. Oh, but, who knows? You know, you're stuck on an island with twenty thousand people. Maybe those are just the island dickheads. That's yeah. There there probably was warfare between the people, uh, but it's a question of how widespread was it. <laughs> the and the island will actually yeah. guy <laughs> just like stab him in the head. And the cannibalism thing is much less. That's not a that's not an established fact. Oh, okay. But there's a speculation that there was cannibalism. I mean, when you got nothing else to eat, right? But also what they find though is to sort of rebut this is you know, obviously they they cleared a lot of land to engage in agriculture. So, um when resources dried up, it, the soil kind of got bad too when the trees were gone. Yeah, uh, and so and you're just over planting the soil. You're you know it doesn't have time to regrow its nutrients. Yeah, one thing that they did though was they started doing this technique called stone mulching, where they take like volcanic rocks hmm. and use it basically as mulch, and then plants. Those rocks have nutrients in them. Oh yeah, and the plants will grow in the rocks. Oh, I love eating those rocks. So yeah, the rocks are delicious, by the way. Um, so. I don't know. Well, but that's that's part of the mystery, though, right? But there's that's also there's also the fact that their earlier idols were a little bit thinner, but as time went on, the idols kind of got fatter. Yes, they got way fatter and they got way lazier in the depiction. Right, the mm-hmm. bodies were a lot less intricate and more just kind of like ah, well, blah, blah, just put a line. <laughs> that's the body. Yeah, you know? and uh, yeah, and they had like big old fucking tummies and the. The thought it and big fucking hard knockers, pointy last nips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. T H O, real T H O, and mm. all of the moai. Oh yeah. And uh, you know the the thought is that 
the uh, these were depictions of the ideal, the ideal, the gods or whatever. And so their gods would always be plentiful and full. And when resources are scarce, you're fucking obese. Yeah. When resources are scarce, your ideal is a big fat guy. Yeah. And when resources are plentiful, your ideal is a very fit guy. Oh, yeah. Which is why you're the ideal. Mm -hmm. But once the worm turns, I'm going to be the ideal. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you said it. Um, which I think there's something to it. There's something to it. Um, Car- and also the, they wouldn't have had the energy to expel to finish carving uh, these statues. Yeah, Carl Carl Lippo, the the archaeologist we mentioned in the research, uh, also worked with a guy named Terry Hunt on Rapa Nui. Mm-hmm. Mike Hunt. <laughs> yeah, his brother Mike Hunt. His brother Mike. Uh, Terry Hunt and Carl and Lippo. their cousin Mike Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all of them. Don't forget Mike Hawk. That's their family. The whole family. They're all, and Terry Hunt and Carl Lippo are married, by the way. No, I don't know that's a fact, but um, they work together on Rapa Nui. uh, And And his, uh, yeah, go ahead. His cousin, uh, Cliff Suction. The liposuction family. Cliff, oh, Cliff suction. That one was more of a stretch. Ah, well, you gotta. You're gonna have stretchy skin after liposuction. I thought you were gonna say something like Dick Johnson. Nah, uh, I wouldn't go that low. Anyway, continue what you're saying. <laughs> anyway, they kind of um, throw this out there that uh, Moai building was maybe a good project for the people on Rapa Nui. You got seven different tribes living when together. When they were faced with all of this adversity, yeah. that this maybe helped keep things from getting worse than they were, from completely descending into chaos. Guys, let's just fucking relax. Uh, because Let's just go build a statue, make guys. Common, make common cause, because we're honoring our, our, our common ancestors. Yeah. And we all have to do this together, and mm-hmm. it's going to take the efforts of everybody. There's it's like when somebody cuts charge. you off in traffic. What do you want to do? Invite that guy to go build a statue with you. Go build an effigy together. That's what we do. We make a statue. <laughs> um, you know, by the time that Europeans arrived, the statue building had pretty much stopped art. Oh, really? Uh, by this time, people in Rapa Nui were um, part of this thing called the Cult of the Birdman, where they had started worshiping primarily a different god, uh, I think Make Make. And the whole thing is they kind of like overthrew the kings, like the warrior class uh, staged a coup, overthrew the king. And every year what happened is there's like an islet off the coast of Rapa Nui. And uh, the warriors would all uh, jump down into the water swim across the shark-infested waters to this little islet. Uh, You pluck a bird's egg that's out there from a nest, and then whoever comes back to to Rapa Nui first with it gets to be in charge for the next year. Which, of course, was the plot of the movie Birdman. (laughs) Yes, it was. But uh, that's fucking crazy. (laughs) But that's that's what people had been in for, you know, like a hundred years, I guess. Dude, I don't know. fuck. Maybe these not. Fifty stupid years. Stupid statues. We're fucking Birdman now. Yeah, but that's. I mean, that was like that might have that probably happened because of 
like scarcity of resources. Yeah. And people felt like the kings weren't doing enough about it. And so, you know, people got agitated for a change. So they started up the cold of the Birdman. And that change was you have to swim through shark-infested waters. <laughs> to grab a bird's egg, bring it back, and you get to be in charge for the next year. <laughs> um, you know, and I think it's telling, too, that uh, that Thor guy literally did it himself. That Thor guy traveled even farther on a handmade raft than uh, they would have had to have traveled. Okay, so since we're here at Thor Heyerdahl, let's just, let's just address the racism. Right now. Oh, okay. So the story that Thor is kind of proposing here is about Viracocha. Mm-hmm. Uh, Viracocha and his men were allegedly, according to Thor, this is, now he says he heard this legend from the Incas, uh, the Incan people, that Viracocha and his men were all uh, white bearded men from the north. Right. So basically the whole Viracocha legend, according to Thor Heyerdahl, is about how white people came into South America, uh, used advanced technology to build like huge uh, megalithic structures, right? And then were chased out by the uh, nasty locals. I guess is kind of how that. And then they they sailed on and continued building all across Polynesia. So yeah, it's it's mm. kind of an unsavory angle yeah. to that story. Yeah. But uh, the Contiki thing, uh, you know, he sailed that raft to French Polynesia from Peru. Yeah, let's stick with his raft story. He also did a couple of other similar things where they tried to sail from, uh, like, Morocco to um, to the Americas. But the boat sank. You know, and, on, and again, taking we're not, on water close to the Caribbean, but they made it like another four thousand miles. Wow, or something. that's crazy. I don't, I don't know anything about the seas of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Are they rough? Are they choppy? What time of year were they sailing? You know, I don't know anything about that. I don't. For know. all I know, they could have been super calm. Yeah, I don't know how easy or hard you know, it would be. They're probably warmer than the uh, definitely warmer than the Atlantic. Um, one thing I want to say though about Thor Heyerdahl. And all his work. I mean, his his work throughout his life is mainly about this uh, cultural diffusion, where he kind of thinks that people people had more contact than what we think. That ancient people were, you know, more sophisticated. I think in terms of their ability to be in contact with each other. But I do think that there's kind of this racist angle, which, like, we kind of talked about this with Atlantis where it's like the Atlanteans, a lot of people, I don't want to say a lot of people, but some people who are more into the occult kind of think that Atlantis was a real thing and might have been a lost continent and right. that those people were like the top people. There's this sort and, of Aryan angle where they right. were like this. Uh, the, like the That's white people. Perfect that, race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of that aspect of it. That, right. I, I mean, like, I don't know. I find it weird yeah. because it's like, okay, on the one hand, you're saying, well, people were more advanced, but it, it's almost like, yeah, but they only got that way because of white people. It's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, well, you lost, right. you lost yeah. me. Yeah. You lost me. You had me and you lost me. <laughs> kind of was on board and then you kicked me off the bus. <laughs> but I, but but Thor Heyerdahl did that with the Contiki raft. He sailed to French Polynesia, but 
you said it. Well, I'm not a C guy. I mean, to me, what strikes me is I go, okay. What yeah, you- and like, good for you. You did that. Do You're you- saying that while twisting your nipples, and I don't understand why. <laughs> Do you have any evidence that that happened in the past? Well, I mean, we talk about this a lot. Oh, it's the whole, it's the whole, uh, it's the whole Baghdad battery thing. You you picked up a thing in modern day and you did it and you're like, well, ancient people could have done this. It's the same technology. Yeah, they could have, but did they? Yeah. <laughs> like you don't, you're just, you probably, you're speculating. Well, like, didn't he no... build the raft in a similar manner to their rafts? Yeah, he did. He built it. Well, what he did. Just to kind of show that. Because they... what he's trying to prove, remember, is that people would have colonized first from South America. So he's saying it went the other way rather than from from west to east. It went east to west colonization oh. in Polynesia. That it happened. The original people were from South America rather than people from, from Polynesia. Right. So he's saying basically he built a raft made of balsa wood, which would not have been what Polynesians used. And uh, Balsa wood – Famous for uh, <laughs> model model airplanes. Yeah, and uh, if you ever had to do the uh, bridge competition in uh, physics class in high school, you have to do that. No, what is that? Where you? Oh god! You have, you to, have to be, be yeah. You have to build a bridge. A, no, you have to build a bridge out of uh, balsa wood and it had to hold a certain amount of weight. You had to like use whatever physics. Had lesson. to hold a fifty ton Moai statue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> boy, that was tough. I missed a lot of class. Traveling to Easter Island and <laughs> doing getting those Moai statues, just bringing them back. Yeah, got old collection. But he built this. He and you know he he sailed successfully from the coast of Peru into French Polynesia. But there doesn't there's not any real evidence that that happened. Uh, you know the sweet potato is the thing that people point to a lot. But um, you know, and depending on I guess where you come down on this hypothesis. The sweet potato. I'm fucking hard on fucking potato hypothesis. Okay. Art's going hard on the potato. High potato hypothesis. Hapo potato thesis. The, the sweet potato is native to South America, but it was a staple in Polynesian diets, not just on Rapa Nui. Yeah. So people say, well, obviously, South American people must have brought the sweet potato there, just like. Europeans brought um, horses, yeah, or chickens or pigs. Because horses aren't native to North America, right? It's like they came over from Europe, right? I believe that's right, Art. Um, if you listeners, I find it absolutely fascinating. Honestly, the to clean- watch a horse get inseminated. <laughs> I watch those videos twenty four seven. I haven't been able to sleep in a month. Um. I find it fascinating the amount of stuff that went back and forth from oh, yeah. the from the Americas into Europe f- through the like Colombian, you know, post-Columbus uh trading. Like it just I sometimes I think about it it's like are you're Italian? Mamma mia. How important to Italian people is the tomato? Tomato didn't show up for a long time in Italy. It's, it's new. How important is like we Boy, have like Italians Calab- fuck the shit out of those tomatoes. <laughs> they and made love them tomatoes and made them fucking great. Calabrian chili peppers. The chili pepper didn't exist 
think about Thai chilies. Think about like uh, chilies in Chinese cooking. They never had chili peppers before Columbus. Yeah. Like those chili peppers didn't grow anywhere other Silk than Silk Road trading. I mean, it was fucking nuts, dude. America's is our home to the chili peppers. Oh, yeah. We love it. Shout out to our New Mexican listeners. Woo! Get us some of them green chilies. Get us some hatch chilies. Send us some chilies in the mail. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> we'll gobble them up. <laughs> but anyway, I find, it, I find it very interesting. I find there's nothing peculiar about that because it's just they traded back and forth. No, I just think it's interesting. Yeah, how, it is interesting. How quickly think this has only been like... 400 years, how quickly stuff got adopted as just a part of, of culture. Yeah. This is mine now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just, it picks up. I mean, it's it's crazy how quick. And then it's like, that's traditional. Sure. But it's like, mm, it's not. Yeah. I'll, I mean, you start going back that far, and it's just like. Tradition's only who makes the tradition. Yeah. I mean, it's like. Fucking. It's so far removed from us sometimes, like these ancient cultures and who, who, you know, I, sometimes like things can get buried in the ground so deep that there, there could have been like civilizations that we have no idea ever existed. Now you're talking art. It's an interesting thought experiment. What if humanity got wiped out tomorrow? What kind of record would we leave a thousand years from now? Yeah. What would be left of our society? Yeah. I mean, I assume that there'd still be like, they'd probably be able to tell that we existed because there'd be like a layer in the soil of nothing but un uh, onions, just completely untouched, uh, dirty diapers because they'll never biodegrade. <laughs> yeah, they'll see the trash island. Right. Yeah. They'll. <laughs> Who's gonna colonize that island? Should we like, do that? <laughs> Let's colonize the trash is island. Our Indian art. This is our Rapa Nui. We're starting a government. <laughs> We'll build giant effigies made of fucking shit and garbage. <laughs> It'll all look like us. Yeah. The perfect materials to build effigies <laughs> of ourselves. Shit and garbage. It is an interesting thought experiment. There could have been, like, we don't even fucking know, man. Things could get buried yeah. so deep. We only know about what we've discovered. That's. I think that's the biggest thing with Rapa Nui. Yeah. There's more discoveries to be made. Yeah. We don't have all the information. We don't have the whole idea. We only have guesses. We only have best guesses at best. And, and as as technology continues to advance, people continue to research this and new information comes up. I mean, we said it in the research. Eric Von Daniken, when he wrote his book, Chariots of the Gods, he didn't have all this information. Right. There was no DNA testing then to confirm that, you know, the people who, the Rapa Nui people are like 70% Austronesian. Yeah. Like, and they're still alive. There's still descendants of the Rapa Nui people living who want to take, you know, and there's this, actually this whole, which, you know, we're not going to comment on because it's not really our place to comment, but. Chile, give the island back to the people. <laughs> well, Andy's, Andy's going to comment on it. <laughs> but there's a, uh, I mean, there's a. There's a sovereignty movement. Yeah, there's a sovereignty a movement where the because uh, uh, right now the island is like a uh, Rapa Nui independence. I guess is is the best way to say. What's it. What's a word to describe it? It's a it's a it's a ter- it's I I don't know. It's not like a tourist Tourists. area. It's like a like Yellowstone. It's like a national. Yeah, it's a national park. It's it's yeah, a national. It's a preserved park. area where you Most, can go. Almost the whole island is like right. a preserved site. Right. And there's one small area, I think, that they've built a resort or not a resort, but like there's a 
Yeah, there's some. There's, there's like a town. There's yeah. There's a, there's one major city, and then most of the rest of it is is like a national protected area. Um, you know, obviously the the Rapa Nui people that live there now, of which there's not that many. No, um, it's like seventy, right? You know, uh, what is uh, really interesting is the numbers were low for the population when Europeans arrived. Europeans decimated the population through just naturally by spreading disease, which mm-hmm. they can't. They didn't do on purpose, right? As far as I know, it just seems like it's one of those things. I mean, but they should be covering their mouths when they sneeze more often. <laughs> yes, uh, these dirty fucking eight, cover your mouths. 18th century. Cover your mouths with your elbow or your shirt when you sneeze. You nasty motherfuckers out there you who are out fucking sneezing in the open, sneezing in your fucking hands. You gross pieces of shit. Dirty? I hope a Maui statue falls on you. And I hope you have to swim through shark-infested waters, you gross, sneezy fucks. And if I catch any of you listeners who don't wash their hands after they fucking go to the bathroom, I swear to God, I'm going to throw a Maui statue on you. You heard it, listeners. Watch out. I'm so sick of these gross people, Andy. Who the- Wash your fucking hands. I do. I know you do. You don't look like you're hygienic, but you are. Thank you. <laughs> As you've said before, I look like I should stink, but I don't typically. <laughs> These fucking nasty people I see using the urinal and then not washing their hands. It's so easy. The urinal does it for you. Just stick your hands in. <laughs> you got that's the soap they, at the base. That's why they build the urinal that way. <laughs> I'm sorry I went on a bit of a rant there. It just really makes me mad. Fuck. You nasty fuckers. But here's what I want to say. Yeah. When we're talking about this mystery of 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 what could have been lost. So there's a glyph system that they've discovered on oh, yeah. Rapa Nui called Tons of artwork in the caves, mm-hmm. tons of stuff. But this this uh this system of writing is called Rongo Rongo. Mm. And nobody as far as they know, alive today knows right. how to read it. Yeah, it's lost. Because the only people that according to some of the locals, um there are some people who are supposedly descended from, I guess what I'll say is the nobility of Rapa Nui. The nobility. The top class the of top society. The drug of, of the Rapa Nui. <laughs> Build me an effigy in my life. And these Rapa Nui. Give me a cool bonnet made of red stone. They were the only people who were literate. The hunt for red stone. The hunt from Hey, speaking of, uh, yeah, Sean Connery. He's a used his spouse, huh? <laughs> what? We, we love to call out celebrities on this. <laughs> yeah, he was terrible towards women. Yeah. <laughs> just, just throw it out there. Sure. Just keep it in mind, everybody. Yeah, keep it in mind. Um, but uh, <laughs> what a Euro- tangent. Europeans, what they did... The reason that nobody knows how to how to how to read Rongo Rongo anymore, and they can't decipher it. It's not right. been deciphered yet. Uh, nobody knows how to how to read Rongo Rongo because Europeans took all of the upper crust of society and took them away to be slaves. Right. Like, like the last <laughs> uh, supposedly like the last king of Rapa Nui, or the person who was descended from the last king or whatever, died as an indentured servant in Peru. Jeez. And so nobody on the island now knows how to read Rongo Rongo because 
their ancestors weren't literate in it. Right. They weren't taught how to read it. It wasn't passed down. So Eric Von Daniken obviously suggests that Rongo Rongo is this crazy language that's probably come from either like adv- highly advanced ancient people yep. or was given to us from extraterrestrials. And I, know, and I know that this won't settle the debate, but keep this in mind. We would not be able to read Egyptian hieroglyphs today if it were not for the Rosetta Stone which laid everything out. They couldn't translate Egyptian hieroglyphs. Right. And they were studying those for hundreds of years. Yeah. Let alone Rongo Rongo that we've only been studying for a couple hundred years. Right. So who knows? Maybe one day we'll discover a Rosetta Stone of some sort. And there's very little Rongo Rongo writing left because... Europeans... Andy is so intense right now. He's got his finger in the air. Europeans converted... Everybody on Rapa Nui to Christianity. Oh, there you go. So they burned a bunch of their <laughs> literature and stuff. <laughs> Fucking ancient people, you're ruining. You had no foresight. Europeans, <laughs> I, God, fucking ruin everything. We could have been sitting here reading Rongo Rongo and having a great fucking time. Instead, now we got we got to defend it because it might be extraterrestrial language. Yeah, <laughs> alien glyphs. Alien glyphs. Um. I do feel bad. You should. Uh, I don't know what you're going to say next, but for you the dude who was working on a giant fucking statue of a head on a fucking like godforsaken island where all the re- resources Jesus. are running out, <laughs> the people are potentially starving, potentially turning to cannibalism. You're painting such a bleak picture. Well, I'm just saying that. Something bleak obviously happened. It's yeah. you know besides and it wasn't good. Europeans are coming and ruining it and spreading yeah. fucking disease and uh, taking people away in the slave trade. And you're some motherfucker who's just working on the statue, and then they just come up and they're like, uh, "Hey, uh, you got to stop. We're not into statues anymore. They don't do that anymore. Skedaddle. Let's get the fuck out of here. Fuck right off out of here." <laughs> We're bird cult now. Squawk, squawk. <laughs> or, or even worse. <laughs> the the Moai, Andy, have stood for thousands of years. Thousands of years. These these effigies, these statues have weathered, have have, have watching over this island, Andy, protecting it. They've survived thunderous storms and and mighty seas crashing against their waves, but but they they never never ever crumble or falter under the 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 immense pressure. And now, tourists come aboard and take selfies in front of them. <laughs> yep, that's what they've been reduced to. Just an experience. <laughs> yep, you're a fucking emoji. The the. The physical embodiment of the spirit of the most powerful Rapa Nui people. Yeah. Selfie. (laughs) Oh, man. It is kind of cool, though, that you could make something so long ago and it's still here and it still looks pretty damn good. Uh, Listeners. And it gets turned into an emoji. Like, it's so well known. It's not like, like, I think if you, I'm not like saying that these are pieces of shit, but if you said Inca Stone or... Nazca line. If you say Tiwanaku, people yeah. are like, what? If you say Pumapunku, people are like, huh? Yeah. But, but Easter Island. Moai, Easter Island, like. People know what that is. Yeah. The, the, these, 
these statues became iconic. And, you know, a lot of people think that they're just heads, but it's actually full bodies. Oh. Uh, just some of them are buried up to their head in soil. Yeah. Yeah, it's full sexy bodies. Full nude. Yeah. Um, uh, Art, uh, there's there's a video in the research. Um, you know, we talk about these being the embodiment of the, the ancestors. There's a video where Terry Hunt and Carl uh, Lippo are um, – they're, they worked on this project to figure out exactly how the Rapa Nui moved the Moai into position on the Ahus. Right. And um, they, a lot of people have done experiments, including Thor Heyerdahl, uh, on, on Rapa Nui, on how to do this. But what they found, this is interesting. It doesn't really, I don't think it adds a whole lot, but I think it's interesting. So they found they studied all these. Um, there's there's a few uh, moai that are just like abandoned on the roadside, uh, which what they came to figure out is as they were moving the moai, some of them fell down, and then they had no way to lift them up once they fell down. Oh, and moais wobbled. They're not weebles. They, they don't. They'll fall. They fall. Uh, but what they found is weebles that wobble. invariably. When moais were going uphill, when they were on an incline, the moais fell backward. What they also found is that when they were going downhill, the moais fell face first. And when they were on level ground, it was about 50-50. So they did all this statistical modeling and stuff and figured out that this was consistent with the moais being like leaning forward a little bit, having a center of gravity that was ahead of the statue a little bit. And... It helped them to move it. And basically what they found is that with relatively few people, um, you know, from the quarry, what they do is they they carve they carve it out of the rock and it's got like a keel attached still on the bottom in the back. And they just perforate that with holes then when they're ready to move it. And all they kind of have to do is like then shove it off and it slides down the side of the mountain and it rests into like a little hole that they've dug at the base of the mountain. And so it'll kind of like lean up a little bit along the side of the mountain based on how they dig the hole. Then from there they move it. uh, And so what they do, what they, what, what uh, Terry Hunt and Carl Lippo speculate happened. Cause there's this, there's this uh, like people that they talked to on the Island, the Rapa Nui, they said the statues walked to the Ahus. Mm. And so a lot of people have done things like Thor Heyerdahl's idea was to like shuffle it across the ground. Yeah, like you would a heavy bookshelf. Right. And uh, what they found is, I mean, what Thor found is that they could do it. They could move the thing, but it, the base of the statue sustained damage. And that's not consistent with what they find. Well, what Hunt and Lippo say is that once it got to the Ahu, they did some finishing work on it and they changed. They like slimmed it down so that the center of gravity was more right underneath it instead of out in front. Mm-hmm. So it didn't lean anymore. So it would have sat, it would have stood straight up like we see today. And so that it would fit on the Ahu. Um, and all that finishing work and stuff they did once they had it in place. And, um, you know, other researchers have shown that you could use like palm timbers to make rollers and stuff, but it doesn't seem like the Rapa Nui people actually did that. It wasn't consistent with what their own, traditions were wait so how'd they get it out of the hole and into where it needed to go so what they do is they like lean it forward 
they start to lean it forward. Like maybe they use a log or something to like start to lean it. They prop it up. So at the base, it would fall forward if it if you just let it go. It'll fall forward because it leans that way. But they put like stones or timbers in front of it to hold it upright. Okay. And then they just like they they get a rope around the eyes, around the head, and then like teams on either side, and they just kind of like they sh- they each take turns pulling it, and it just like it walks basically, like it wobbles forward. Oh. And they have like a team in the back to sort of stabilize it, but you can do this with like I don't know less than fifty people. Yeah, that's not hard at all. You just get your fucking buff bros. And there's a video. There's a video in there, and this is very like they do this experiment. And, and people were buff back then. Yeah, I you mean, were either buff or dead. Like genetically speaking, uh, Samoan people uh, are well known for the like rock. being NFL players, being yeah. big, and Polynesian people generally are are bigger. And yeah. uh, it's it's like there's there's an ep- there's an obesity epidemic in Polynesia right now, and what they find out is that. Polynesian people have this gene that's like a thrift gene for your energy because they probably developed from these long sea voyages. And they find great deals on jean jackets <laughs> yeah, inside secondhand thrift shops. jeans, yeah. yeah. They all have uh, secondhand jeans, mm. uh, but it's it's like it helps them store energy. Oh, wow. So that now that you know Polynesian people don't have to take these long sea voyages, you know, months at sea with very little food, uh, it's leading – you know their biochemistry is changing. That makes sense because it, it hasn't. Evolution hasn't caught up to modern day right. changes, which are happening much faster. So, a lot of uh, there's a lot of obesity in Polynesian peoples, but it's 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 like there's a genetic indicator for it because right. of this past thing where they needed to be able to store energy. Very right, and they lived on like islands where it was like every day you had to do like some kind of manual labor right. to like go get you know. You had to go out and fish. You had to like get the boat ready. You had yeah. to pull the boat and do all this other crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah, it checks out. I mean, yeah, you just got a bunch of buff, buff bros. If you weren't buff, you were dead. Either yeah. buff or dead. Yeah. You get two options, Andy. <laughs> I would have Back then. Dead. I would have been dead a long time ago. Buff or dead. I know? probably would have just died right yeah, away. Yeah, you and I would be dead for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't have We would have been like, um, <laughs> we're really good at, uh. <laughs> um, I'm probably more of the administrative type. <laughs> yeah. Can I read the mail? <laughs> They've been like, uh, go swim in the shark water. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve this. <laughs> um, well, Andy, what do you think? We're 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 getting close to time here. Should we get to our verdicts? Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I think. I think. I think that we could. Oh, oh, oh. Here's, well, I mean, we have a couple of. Here's a fun. Here's a fun point to mention too about. Let's the have statues a fun point walking. to mention about this. There's there's here. a word in Rapa Nui, neke neke. Which means walking without feet. Oh. And of course, the Moai do not have feet. As all humans should. Hmm? So I wish. I There's that's interesting though. Another cultural starting to starting to align. Helps the pieces align. Yeah, just one. A little bit more, just like a statue. Yeah, this is just a little more garnish on this enchilada. That's right. Uh yeah, let's get to our verdicts. Boy, uh, you know, listeners, I, I just, there's just nothing here. Like, I'm sorry. Wow. Nothing. There's nothing. Uh, so I got to take a page out of my Roanoke book. I am, I am like without a doubt case closed. Whoa. There's just like, 
Yeah, there's just no mystery here about these heads. There's some interesting archaeological information. You know, if you're interested in archaeology or studying uh, ancient native peoples and their culture and how they did shit, a lot of cool stuff here. But there's nothing with aliens or anything else involved. Everything checks out. The sailing, the everything. Get close. Wow. Get close. I am... Get close. There's nothing here. We didn't even talk about aliens. I stuck the fork in the socket. I am shocked. (laughs) I've done that before. Not fun. Uh, Andy, we've been talking for almost, you know, an hour, over an hour, and we didn't mention fucking aliens once. So Um, I think that's... um, Yeah, we did not mention aliens. Because it was me. Is that your Eric Von Daniken impression? No, this is Arnold oh. Von Daniken. <laughs> His brother. His brother. Is- from Austria. <laughs> I put the statue heads that look like me. Get to the Yahoo. <laughs> Get to the Yahoo. Yahoo. Yeah, I had a feeling that was coming. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. I helped him build uh, giant statues. <laughs> I've lost it. Oh, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> Bye-bye, Arnold Von Daniken. <laughs> Hopefully we see hardly, never. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> we didn't talk about aliens once, dude. It was a small part of the discussion. It's just not there. The thing Sometimes ab- it's not there. The thing about it is that, sure, you could say it, but you could say it for anything that we don't know yet. Yeah. It doesn't mean that there's any tangible kind of evidence that leads us to believe that that's part of the the situation. Yeah, and I think you know, uh, we'll we'll probably in the future discuss other sites like this where it's something an ancient civilization did that we have no knowledge of, and so they say aliens, you know. But there's two. We have we don't have a lot of information, but we have enough that. It's not aliens. <laughs> yeah. Case closed. That's. Wow. What a verdict. So I guess now it's my turn to deliver a verdict. Yeah, I guess it would be Andy, unless there's someone else in the room. The mysteries of Easter Island. What do I think? <laughs> I think the jury's still out. Wow. I can't say case closed. Wow. I'll say this. Are, it's Roanoke Andy all over again. Uh, I'm back in action, baby. Are the works that we see on Rapa Nui the works of human hands? Case closed, yes. Mm. Without a doubt, human beings did this. Uh, there are the, the, the thing that I find compelling is that the, the statue building on Rapa Nui while at a scale not common design wise and technique wise not inconsistent with what other Polynesian people did on their own islands sure um so it it seems like this would be technology that the Rapa Nui people would have possessed when they arrived but the issue of the basalt Moai and the Ahu at Vinapu is interesting. 
And I think we have to leave the door open for some possibility that either uh, there is as a yet undiscovered South American presence on the island, possibly prior to Polynesians arriving, or that there was some contact and there was some exchange of uh, fluids, tech fluids, for sure, that happened. That's in the DNA. Uh, and maybe some ideas, too. Okay. You know, maybe. But how does that not give you a case-closed verdict, though? Well, because I'm saying, like, do I think that it was just Polynesian people, like, on... Do I think it's just Rapa Nui people? I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm saying, is it is it plausible... Is it plausible that uh, South Americans were there first? I'm going to say plausible. Oh, okay. I mean, I wasn't getting that in depth with it. Yeah, I went further than you. I mean, I like to give listeners the whole enchilada. Yeah, you like to get real deep in there. (laughs) I like to bury myself in the enchilada. Whereas I just hang out in the labia of verdict land. (laughs) The real thing you need to stimulate. (laughs) Nobody talks about it. Just the labia. They always talk about that mysterious clitoris. Ignore it, folks. Just go for the labia. Hang on the labia. Ignore the clitoris, ignore the vagina. Like uh, like rope workouts. What you really want to do is you want to stimulate the cervix. <laughs> so you need a long probing instrument. dilate the cervix. <laughs> you really want to make your partner go wild. Also punch him in the kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> Little That'll do fact. some damage. <laughs> all right, so you're, okay, I just want to say, I want to say, I think it's all human beings. Sure. I, I'm, I'm, so you're case closed on aliens. I'm case closed on aliens. Okay. But then there's we also have this the alternative verdict. history angle. Do I believe the racist stuff? No, I'm saying case closed on the racism. Let's the let racism. the racism go. It's not real. Yeah. White people did bad stuff, not good <laughs> stuff. Let's talk about the other possibility, though, that South Americans, this cross-pollination between the two. I'm saying plausible. Oh, yeah, Sure. Sure. But we just don't know I, to enough me, yet to, to say To me, I sure. think that I think these ancient Polynesian people traveled. I think a bunch of them landed in Chile. Whether they landed on Papua Nui first or not, I don't know. I think it's totally plausible that they were hanging out, like I said, having big cool orgies, exchanging ideas, fluids, information, uh, building techniques, food. And then they... All eventually hung out on the island in some way. It's like, uh, yeah. Are you just called it Papa Nui? And Rapa Nui oh, means big Rapa. So I guess Papa Nui means big Papa, which is is the is Rapa Nui your daddy? <laughs> oh, good God! I'm sorry. I'm not good with words. Okay, so I think we're pretty much on the same boat. I'm here. sorry, Rapa Nui. We're on the same canoe in this one. Oh, baby. Mm. Listeners, that was our verdict on uh, Easter Island. Yeah. Let us know. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Are we cool? Do you want to see us in a thong? Um, <laughs> let us know your thoughts on the subject. Tell us all of that and more. Uh, let's just see some fanfic of us. <laughs> let's get some erotic fanfiction. Um, use the hashtag. I like it when you call me Big, Big Rapa. Big Rapa. I was gonna say, "Honey, Mo, I'm home." <laughs> oh God! But <laughs> uh, 
I like it when you call me McGarba hashtag and tweet at us at Mr. Bunker Pod or email us Mr. Bunker Pod at gmail.com. Andy, what do you got? All right. What do you got in your little bag of tricks? I see you with that. That fiendish little I got an impish grin on impish grin. Art, I got what a question. Think? I got a question for you to wrap this whole thing up. Art, um, if you were a king, oh, and I am, <laughs> you're the king of my heart, and you wanted to create a monument for posterity. Mm, playing, I haven't. What would you create? What would you have your subjects create, and why? A penis. Just a, a big old <laughs> now. Just a giant I think, hog. I think the first thing you go to, right? Penis. It's a penis, just a big dong. Big old dong. <laughs> Hanging out. Um, I saw this fucking funny meme or whatever of uh it was like a it was like a rock formation. So it looked like there was like a big rock on the left and a big rock on the right. And in between the two rocks was like this little cylindrical rock. <laughs> it was kind of just poking out of the ground. And the caption was like when you're when you're just hanging out in the bathtub. <laughs> and it's supposed to imply like the two big rocks are your thighs, and the smaller one was your penis hanging out. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was funny. <clears throat> now, I'm not going to do a penis. Okay, I'm not going to go that far. Now, right, so you're recanting that already? I'm recanting it. I would tell my my workers. I would say, "Oh, a penis," and my workers would be like, I, "Was he joking? I don't know. Was he serious? And you'd I don't, be like, got you, idiots. I can't tell with that guy. I can never tell if he's being condescending or not. I, whatever, just build it. We don't want him to get mad at us. Look, Art's future workers, when he's a king, <laughs> he's being condescending. <laughs> uh, and so they would start building my penis, and I'd be like, guys, what the fuck are you doing? Don't actually build a penis. I was joking, you idiots. <laughs> Why'd you give us all these molds then? <laughs> all these photos. Sk- all these drawings. And reference. <laughs> For fun. It was a joke, you dummies. Fucking idiots. That's why I'm the king and you're not. So anyway, I would actually, you know, I'm a big fan of reaction images. You know that about me. Listeners, you don't know this, but Andy knows this because we text. I've always been a big fan of reaction images. I have a ton of them saved on my phone. And I like to send reaction images rather than replying to certain things sometimes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But as we all do, as we all do, because now our, now our, Keyboards come with uh, GIFs. That Everything's can, got a GIF keyboard now. You can have a GIF keyboard implanted instantly on your phone, and you can send GIF reactions. Mm-hmm. So I would probably have various depictions of my face making some of my favorite reaction images. Um, <laughs> so I would take a book out of the Rapa Nui and have big things of my head uh, making different reaction images. So it would all really be centered around the face. So hopefully they could come up with a pretty easy mold and then just kind of spend most of their time sculpting the face. Hmm. Um, and then probably I have a few that would be like Statue of David's, but with me. The ideal body. The Statue <laughs> right. of David's supposed yeah. to be the, uh, the ideal. Right. You know, there's actually calculators and converters online where you can put in your own body measurements for certain parts and it will tell you how to like what your other parts need to measure to reach the golden ratio that is uh, David's measurements. Because I'm pretty sure that the measurements of the statue of David's body, like his thighs, his biceps, his chest, and whatever, are all like they all fit into that golden ratio, right. that like perfect ratio of upper to lower body and whatever. Yeah. So you can do that if you're interested. <laughs> anyway. Okay. 
So what would you have, Andy? What are your, uh, what are the workers of uh, the kingdom of Andy? Which, of course, our two nations are at war. Uh, uh, eternally. <laughs> Yours mm, probably comes out on top strategically. I wouldn't, I couldn't fight you militarily. Because I think you'd have more strategy than me. But you'd fight dirty. Yeah, I think I have better, like, I'd have better, like, maybe I'd win through culture. <laughs> I'd like to think. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Is that fair? Um, I think militarily you'd beat me. You're better. You'd be a better strategist. Hmm. You'd be like, oh, Art's going to fall for this. We'll just hammer and anvil him real right. easy. But whereas my people would convert your people over. What do you think that you're offering that I'm not? A good time. <laughs> <laughs> as much sex with the king as you want. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't know. Well, my royal. How else am I supposed to win? I'm not going to Alpha Centauri anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> Great game. Great classic Sid Meier's game. What I'm diplomacy, I guess? I'm not likable. No, you'd be bad. I at guess diplomacy. you win at everything then. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> You're much better at diplomacy and, and strategy. Um, you know, I think with my monument I though. Could, I would have a lot of mercenaries. <laughs> I'll just buy my win. Yeah. <laughs> just That's, overwhelm you. Yeah. <laughs> That would be. I wouldn't spend the money. Also, I'd have more wizards than you. I'll just let the. I'll just let it come to an end. <laughs> I don't want to spend the money. All right. What's your What's your effigy? See the 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 thing with a monument is that you want it to. What's the goal? You don't want it to just last your lifetime, right? You want it to be something that um, that people can't get rid of, right? <laughs> Yeah, like a virus. So I thought about this in a couple of different ways. Like a disease. And actually, that's where I'm going to go. Oh, Art. my God. You, I could create uh, some sort of a disease. Um, <laughs> and Oh, my God. You know, there are – here's what I think I would do. There's like, um, there's like space-faring bacteria that become <laughs> – I think we've talked about this before. They become like DNA libraries. Sure. Uh, everything they in, – in, inhabit a primordial ooze that we may have spawned from and uh i would um i would be infected with the disease and i would have these bacteria harvested from my body and then i would place them in hundreds of tiny spaceships um with plates wow. like plaques on them uh declaring what occurred and um I would shoot them off into all different directions <laughs> oh, into yeah. the universe. And um, I would also um, forcibly infect all of my citizens with <laughs> the disease. Oh, my God. Uh, and as much as possible, use chemical warfare on your uh, <laughs> so that your people got infected. And then um, wow, everyone would remember me. And probably also I would like. I would also have like my scientists like drill down into the as deep down into the earth as they could and then like um sadistically detonate a nuclear weapon. <laughs> what? So that there's like in in the rock strata there's like a very clear indicator that I did that. <laughs> Andy was as here. As a sign of my power. 
Jesus Christ. So I think that would be, those would be my monuments. You don't give a fuck about being well-liked. You just want to be remembered. And I, you know, my hope is that the the bacteria would alter the DNA of people so that there would be this this marker now where they could tell, like, people, human race changed oh my God. pre this disease and, and post it. That's so fucked up. What does your disease do? What better monument for as long as humans exist? That'll be part of them. <laughs> and then it's, and we fired them into all directions in space. Oh my God. What are the odds that it'll, it'll be another planet created? Your idea, you didn't just make an effigy of a dick. You, you literally shot your fucking seed across the globe and throughout the universe. My, my absolutely awful DNA. <laughs> you implanted people with a disease, which we don't know the symptoms of. No, I mean, that's to be worked out by the scientists. Oh, my God. You're literally playing that, uh, but if, if that any, Plague Inc. game. <laughs> if anything, I would hope that the only side effect would be really awful diarrhea. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I got to hand it to you, Andy. That is, uh, you will be remembered. Maybe not fondly, you. but you will be remembered. <laughs> People will be talking about King Andy Hart for a long time. <laughs> King Andy the virus. King Andy the virus. King Art the vein. I went and viral. King Andy the virus. I went viral. Also, I detonated a nuclear weapon <laughs> as far down in the bedrock as we could get it. <laughs> Millions of years from now, they're going to be like, yeah, um, the reason why Japan uh, no longer exists is because it was flooded due to King Andy's uh, detonation. Moved one of the three tectonic plates that meet at the center of Japan. Cause a massive tsunami. Well, you know, Jesus we all make mistakes. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You know what I say? Don't live on an island if you don't want to end up underwater. Oh, oh my God. Well, it's time for this episode to go underwater. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is. Um, Andy, you have any, uh, any last words for the listeners out there if they want to look into... Um, read the research we got. It's very interesting. I think that Easter Island's pretty fascinating. Let's just celebrate the fact that we live on this planet where there's such a, a wide variety of, uh, interesting stories that we still don't know a lot about. Uh, and thanks to all of our people who do this, this kind of research. Yeah. Shout even, out to the archeologists, archeologists, even, even people like Thor Heyerdahl. I mean, please stop being racist about it, but <laughs> You know, it's good to have an alternative opinion sometimes just to keep people honest, especially yeah. ones that are borne out by actual research. And if anything, it it allows for that silly hypothesis to be easily disproven, right? Yeah. You put out those alternative theories and they get disproven. If we're following... So we this, can stop talking about it. Let's them. all just follow the scientific method, folks. That's right. Um, well, listeners, once again, thank you for listening. Um as always, for the titular Mr. Bunker and for my Zarek of or relating to Adapted to a Dry Environment, co-host Andy Hart, I'm Arthur Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Surf's up. <laughs> Thank you.
You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.